Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 192. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to NJSBA's podcast program, uh, Conversations uh, with Educators on the COVID-19 uh, Frontline. I hope you are all well and healthy today. Uh, and I hope that your schools are all dealing with this as best you can. Uh, my name is Ray Penny. I'll be the host for this afternoon's program. Um, we'll be speaking with uh, Dr. James Lavender uh, from the Kingsway School District, uh, and I'll introduce him shortly. Uh, but if you have a question, you, there's two ways to participate. You can dial uh, 1-347-989-8904 and press the number 1. Uh, or you can just log into our chat room feature and, and uh, log into with Blog Talk Radio, and then you can just type in a question or a comment, and we'll pass it on to, to Dr. Lavender. Um, so um, before we get started, I have to say that Dr. Lavender is not on the line right now, so I'm just uh, waiting uh, uh, to get started. Um, he's with the Kingsway Regional School District, which is in Gloucester County. Uh, it's a regional high, uh, regional district, uh, high school district. So um, we will uh, see how this goes for like, I'll give him a few more, more minutes. He just messaged me that he was calling. So um, Let me see. I'm going to have to do a song and dance here. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about this whole series where we've been talking about, uh, would talk not about with, with uh, mostly superintendents from uh, school districts from across the state about how they dealt with the changes to uh, the school districts, uh, going from brick and mortar to virtual learning uh, pretty much overnight. And uh, it's been very difficult. Dr. Lavender? Hey, Ray, how are you? <laughs> Good. We're, we're live so, right now. So. Ah, that's great. I'm, I'm just wrapping up an administrative meeting, talking about grading and how to go about grading for the end of the year here. So uh, I had trouble terminating <laughs> that big conference call. That's how okay. are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Uh, good, thanks. All right. So how do you uh, – well, I, I explained to some of our listeners before we started, but just uh, I, I told them where Kingsway is. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your district? Yeah, Kingsway Regional. We're in uh, Swedesboro, Woolwich Township, Gloucester County. Um, we cover our footprint about 52 square miles. We're in the rural part of South Jersey, right outside the Commodore Barry Bridge uh, near Pennsylvania. Um we have high school wise, we have uh, 1,775 students. In our middle school, we are 1,031 students. We are, we are a regional 712 district. 
Um, I'm also in a shared service uh, scenario where our, our entire district administrative team uh, oversees one of our sending elementary districts, South Harrison Township. South wow. Harrison Township is a pre, pre-K to six district in, South ha- in Harrisonville, New Jersey. Uh, we have about 328 students in that elementary school district. Okay. Uh, let's uh, get started. On um, This came on relatively quickly for everyone. Um, I don't think we were thinking at the beginning of the year that this would be one of the issues we'd have to deal with. What were some of the <laughs> steps that yeah. you took when you started seeing this approaching uh, uh, as an issue that you're going to have to close your schools? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, I I have to rewind the tape a little bit because coincidentally, not that I saw this coming, um, but coincidentally a year ago, um, our schools, we have a 181-day school calendar. So we had one snow day. And um, I'd like to describe Kingsway and our our system as a relatively progressive school system. trying to continue to do things a little bit better, a little bit differently, moving the ball forward. And um, what we did, instead of making up the snow day in a traditional sense, um, we went to something we had called at that time a cyber day. And that process, uh, you know, required teachers. Uh, some teachers were using Google Classroom. Some weren't. It was inconsistent. Uh, but it required teachers all to log into Google Classroom, develop codes, communicate those codes, post those assignments, uh, and things of that nature. We did that a year ago, and we, and we had some we had some success with it. And so um, we made our met our 180, but the 181st day was really our first virtual learning type of day. And that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. We had generated some feedback, solicited uh, through surveys, uh, made a few tweaks, and uh, you know really started talking about planning as a school system about the future in terms of. Uh, what virtual learning uh, will mean to our schools in the future, how we begin to use it to complement um, our traditional system. So that conversation had been going on, so it wasn't necessarily a foreign concept to us, but we were just started, started kicking the tires uh, on the conversation itself. Um, go Fast-forwarding into kind of where we are at this moment, we, we were paying attention in January. We were communicating with our families same thing in February. I started answering more inquiries from parents with regard to what are the steps you're taking to safeguard my child, clean the school, things of that nature. Um, and then once March hit, you know, things started kind of moving pretty fast for us. And uh, I think uh, that's about the time where we became aware that some schools in North Jersey were beginning to close, uh, which preempted the governor uh, closing the schools. And then South Jersey schools started really having some more intense conversations about this. We realized it was gaining some momentum. And uh, we as a roundtable, Gloucester County roundtable, uh, myself and my colleagues, superintendent colleagues, we had wind up meeting on uh, Friday of the March. We had been talking, but then we got together in a room on Friday, March 13th. And uh, we had recognized at that point it was imminent that we were going to be closed at some point. So at on that Friday is really when the uh, we we put we turned the treadmill on and we started the sprint. And when it came by Friday, I think that weekend I had uh, communicated to my school community that we were closing school on Monday for a professional development day. Uh, myself and my administrative team we lived at the school all weekend on sa- Saturday, uh, all, a marathon day on Sunday. 
We spent a lot of time developing what we call our virtual learning program, um, expectations, professional development, technology deployment, trying to get a better handle on our free and reduced lunch population, how we're going to distribute meals, uh, all those types of conversations we had to have all, all of a sudden uh, with everybody. And my administrative team was uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, come Monday morning, kids were not in school. We had an emergency faculty meeting. Uh, we laid out the plan. We communicated what we were doing. We spent the rest of that day in uh, providing you know, kind of on-the-spot professional development, such as uh, Google Classroom 101, Google Classroom uh, for the advanced learner, how do we utilize Google Meet, things of that nature. We spent the day doing that. And then we also had uh, a, a, a pocket of time for our, all of our kids to come into the building and pick up personal belongings from their lockers and uh, grab technology if they needed. Our, the biggest hurdle at that moment was – technology and getting technology in the hands of the kids who did not have technology. And so that's what we did on Monday. I'd imagine you're going to want to know a little bit more about that, which I can, I can pause and save that for a little bit later. Yeah. I wanted, a uh, first of all, what percentage of, did some of them not have the equipment at home? Or yeah. Some of them not have the connection at home or and what percentage of your yeah. Well, this is, this is one of my biggest uh, surprises. Um, in this. So we're a relatively affluent school system, uh, beautiful neighborhoods and communities. And all of our survey data, um, going back a year ago, and even uh, a, a week or two before we, we actually pulled the trigger and closed school, um, was telling us that we probably had uh, maybe two or three percent of our student population that needed technology, you know, some kind of technology device and or some con connectivity. And uh, so we felt very comfortable that we'd be able to handle, you know, 100 or 200. Uh, we had the devices, but that's just kind of what we expected. Uh, when it all came to fruition, um, it, turned, it, wound up, it turned out that we distributed almost uh, well over 500, almost 600 Chromebooks uh, to our families. And wow. what, we, what we realized, yeah, here's what we realized. Um, the way we had asked questions in our surveys we're pretty much, do you have technology? Do you have access to the Internet at home and things of that nature? Most parents are going to say yes. But given the circumstances that we were dealing with, many moms and dads were now at work. Uh, we're now working from home. Uh, their siblings were now home. And that one computer at home that maybe they all shared or kids worked on homework assignments um, and on a very part-time basis uh, was not enough, was not an adequate technology for the family. And so – that's where our need for technology really uh, really skyrocketed. We are not a one-to-one -one school district. Uh, um, at, and so we, we, our biggest surprise was we went from thinking we're going to give out somewhere between 100 and 200 devices, and that number doubled, almost tripled uh, by the time it was all said and done. Wow. I, 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 that took me by surprise when you told me that. Um, yeah. So how did you communicate with the the parents in the community? I know I've seen your district and you seem to use social media quite often with your community. <laughs> uh, particularly yeah. since it's not one town. It's it's several. So um yep. how did you communicate with uh your community? So um I, I like I like to say you know, communication from the district's probably a point of pride. I, I, I really do try to communicate on a regular basis uh, with our, our school community. We have, we had the traditional um, 
mediums where we communicate. Uh, we, we do post an awful lot of stuff on the website. Uh, I will link through hyperlinks, communications that we send out. I will take full advantage of social media. Um, and so a lot of our traditional communication um, uh, strategies were employed at this point. Um, you know, we use PowerSchool as our student management uh, system. And so, you know, we have uh, all of our contacts in the event of emergency, uh, email, text, phone messages. So we used all that stuff to communicate. Um, we were closing, and then, uh, and this is what we were doing. I think the communications were initially for minimally, minimally for two weeks. Um, I've done everything from video messages uh, to uh, to uh, Facebook Live. Um, and so wherever, and, and I'm I'm actually getting a little bit more sophisticated as I too am learning a lot more about utilizing some of the technology here that we're all we're all learning, uh, which is which is only going to uh, enhance our communication uh, efforts moving forward. But I have been, I've been sending out almost, um, I would say uh, district-wide communications almost twice a week. Um, one thing we did here in the district is we centralized a lot of our communication. So a lot of our communication is going through one point. Uh, that point is me mm -hmm. as a superintendent. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback from our from our constituents, students, faculty, staff, um, and our parents that they do appreciate that they know where to go. Here it is; it's pretty comprehensive. The format and the way we communicated is, uh, I think, relatively easy to understand and digest, although emotionally painful in some of the stuff that we are communicating. Um, and I continue to link them back and reference them back to our COVID nineteen. Uh, update page, which is laid out and easy to find in in, uh, in order. So that's what we continue to do, and we'll continue to probably take full advantage of technology to start doing a little bit more video, a little bit more personalized type communications, which uh, I'm excited about moving forward. But I think I'm averaging probably two 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 uh, weekly updates, superintendents updates uh, a week. At this point, it's been pretty mm -hmm. consistent. And, um, you know, you communicated this to the teachers in one day. And I'm sure everyone kind of saw it coming. We all kind of saw it coming. I don't know if we thought it would be this long, uh, at least no. not in mm -hmm. early March. Uh, so how did your teachers adjust to uh, all these changes? I, I have to say that, um, you know, it's you know, in the educational world, Right now, our teachers are, are true heroes. Um, now, I couldn't be more proud and more impressed with the way our, our teaching staff, our support staff, our administrative team has handled all of this. I've never seen um, – I think we have a, a really healthy um, cadre of teachers, faculty, and staff. We're a relatively close group for being a little bit of a larger school system. Um, but but I the, the level of collaboration, the level of communication, the flexibility, um, the I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to engage kids and uh, and take it a step further. Uh, it, it's absolutely impressive and uh, just you know it just it's it's a real point of pride for me just as an educator and the superintendent of my districts to see the way our teachers have responded um, and everybody is. Uh, without a doubt, focused on the needs of our kids, um, which is, of course, I want to believe that's the way it is, you know, any other time of the year. But there's something a little bit different about this pandemic we're dealing with. We're all in it together. And uh, I'm just highly impressed with the way our teachers have handled it. They've taken it in stride. 
it's stressful for them as well. Many of our teachers, uh, mm-hmm. they have little ones at home. They're they're trying to work. They're trying to you know uh, help their children with school. Uh, you know they're dealing with uh, the, the same hurdles that we all are dealing with. Uh, and they're doing a great job, and I continue to watch them grow and develop and get better with the, with uh, the the uh, delivery of of instruction um, via our mediums, and uh, so they've handled it extremely well. They have been uh, graceful, professional, compassionate, flexible. Uh, I could I couldn't say enough wonderful things about our staff. And as as we uh, kind of like move forward, you mentioned earlier, I. I I think the class that people always think of as the senior graduating class, uh, yeah. because yeah. we are—it's it, they're—they're going to kind of miss a lot of the traditions that they probably have been thinking about all year. Uh, have you communicated with them, or uh, has, is your t- mm-hmm. teachers in tune with your graduating class? Yeah, there's been a lot of um, outpouring of support uh, for our senior class. We have a we have a great uh, group. The, the class of 2020 is just a wonderful group of kids, and uh, it, it really is uh, me, for me personally. I, I live in the town where um, where I'm also the superintendent. I've been here for uh, this uh-huh. is my tenth year. I've watched many of these kids grow up, um, so it, it, it's it really really upsets me to see. Um, what they're all going through, because uh, it's it's in 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 their minds. I agree with them. It's not fair. They walked out one day, high fiving each other, thinking they have kind of an extended snow break, um, to find out that they may never see some of their friends again. And that's uh, that's dif- that's very difficult. It's very difficult for us as adults to manage this. And we're dealing with 17 and 18 year old kids, and 12 and 13 year old kids in our middle school, and babies just over in the elementary school. So it's very difficult for them to understand and process this. Um, we've done a number of, of we've done some uh, surveys and mood surveys, and we're getting the feedback from the kids. There's there's a there's some resentment, there's some anger, there's uh, some frustration um, among our students, especially our seniors, that they feel as though things are being ripped away from them. Um, whether it's uh, interacting with friends of theirs and seeing their friends on a daily basis, the teachers who they love. Uh, not being being able to participate, and you know, as a senior, the last year of uh, their sport, baseball, softball, uh, whatever their sport is, or the um, we were fortunate to get our our musical in just before we closed. I was happy for those kids that they at least ch- they had a chance to get that. But now they're all facing some of these signature events, right? Prom is coming up. Uh, we mm-hmm. were able to move our senior trip trip to Disney from April to June fourth. But that, you know, I'm not optimistic about that at this point. We're balancing this a drop-dead date of May 1st um, to secure uh, full refunds for our families. Uh, so, you know, I know the kids want to go. It's very difficult for us to – it's very difficult to see these things kind of wither away. Um, I, was, I was thinking about them. I sent a message out to them, a video message. Um, I was sitting there, I was writing up a, just a community, one of my updates and on my phone, on my iPhone, it popped up that we had uh, like the arts, the, uh, the art awards banquet was, you know, in 15 minutes type of thing, like a reminder on my phone. And, and that's when it kind of dawned on me that, God, there's just countless potentially memorable events and experiences that these kids are not going to, are not going to have. And, uh, it, it's hard. It's hard not to, to feel terrible for them. 
Um, but you know, we are we are certainly committed that one way or the other, as creative as we have to be, and depending on what the circumstances look like come the end of June and into July, to commemorate, recognize, and celebrate them one way or the other. We're going to do something for them for sure because um, they deserve it. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, before I get into some more positive, what, as we proceed with this, and we're at least close till May, the middle of May, if not, my my instinct is telling me a little longer than that. But um, what are some of the challenges you see facing the district as we move forward in this? In terms of uh, the in- interim challenges. So, yeah, or even down the road, like next year, how do you know where your kids are? You were talking about the grades and all that. Uh, so what are yeah. some of the challenges, the so, things that you worry about? So I would tell you, like, in, in the short term right now, like, you know, we're pulling our hair out on how we're supposed to go ahead and um, fairly and equitably uh, grade our kids. Like, what does semester two grades look like, and how am I supposed to fairly grade them, knowing that, the grade they they earn, so to speak, um, not only has a, an immediate impact on them, but has an impact on their cumulative GPA. This is on the high school side, uh, knowing full well how important the cumulative GPA is in the college application process. Right, so uh, we're really trying to figure out a way to be able to to hold our kids harmless to the best of our ability, and come up with a mean a, a means to to grade these kids. You know, that's something that we which was a spirited debate when. I just got off to get back onto this phone here. That's that's the interim. Um, another immediate uh, concern of mine is exactly how do we celebrate these kids at the end of the year? You know, these are really important rite of passage type moments, and, and so these are things that are kind of weighing me down right now. Uh, looking ahead, Ray, uh, you know, some of my bigger concerns are what are we doing to the learning gap? Are we exasperating that learning gap? Um, is this a uh, are the are the the problems? Uh, virtual learning being um, is it exposing or is it running along the lines of uh, kind of the, uh, the the socioeconomic line, so to speak? Do the haves have it better than the have-nots in this environment, or um, or those kids, you know, just who have certain opportunities at this moment because they have mom and dad at home. Um, to help them and support them and guide them. And so they're getting a little bit better of a program because of that compared to the, the student who is a good student, but mom and dad work in, uh, and work in healthcare, work in law enforcement, and they're home alone pretty much all day. And all they have is the computer and they're self-managing this. So what does the learning gap, you know, what are we doing to that learning gap uh, moving forward? Uh, what kids are going to fall behind because of it? So regression is a big concern of mine. Um, socially and emotionally, what does this, the pandemic itself, I'm concerned about the impact that it has on our kids and their social uh, and emotional well-being um, and, and what's going to come of that. How are we going to be able to address that moving, moving forward? Um, so they, they're, they're, they're some of the immediate. I would immediate add maybe and, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I would add maybe even the social emotional health of your staff too. You know, well, that, I think we're all affected by this. We we continue to send out resources, um, and our um, our local legislators and uh, congressional um, uh, members of Congress are sending out a lot of uh, resources 
we're using uh, Gloucester, I'm in Gloucester County, so Gloucester County has a number of resources, the Department of Health. Um, we're pushing uh, the 211 number. Uh, you can go here for the New Jersey warm line. Um, we're trying to communicate that. We're asking, uh, we're asking colleagues and neighbors to be, to be, uh, to be open and reach out um, to one another. We, we do have some staff who are elderly who I know work, uh, li uh, live at home alone. They may not have a lot of a lot of support networks, um, and I'm concerned about those folks. I'm concerned about what they're doing. After you know, I, well, I didn't get a chance to really have any time off, but I can I can see uh, I can see after a week or two, you know, it's fun, right? Like, oh, I get a, I get a week or two of furlough here. I'm still getting paid. Uh, we'll yeah. figure this all out. But after after you know, 10, 11, 12, 14 days. What is it that I'm doing? What's my sense of purpose? What what am I going to get sick? What what's the future hold? And so you start worrying about the what the impact is on the psyche of our own employees. And so what we're trying to do is get as much resources to those folks as we possibly can. We hopefully everybody remains uh, safe and healthy, and uh, and they have the resources available to them, and they take advantage of those resources. So yes, it's a big concern of mine the uh, the health and welfare of our staff as well. Um, Jim, uh, let's kind of end on a more positive note. What are, was there anything that happened in your district that maybe a staff member did that you're like, I'm really proud of that person? That's a great idea. One of those ideas that you wish you thought of. Did you? Was there anything that a couple things that happened in your district? Uh, maybe not at your urging. They just did it on their own. That made you very proud to be the superintendent of Kingsway. It's um, that's that's a hard one to say, right? Because it's I don't know I don't know what to pick from. Um, we have a, a highly collaborative um, and passionate group of people around our table. That's the administrative team, the support staff, and of course our teachers. The one thing that I would uh, that I would absolutely say I'm most proud of is, is the level of creativity um, and levels of engagement I have seen. Whether it's the, it's the videos, uh, teachers are. Are, are either recording them themselves and sending out to personalize and make contact with their kids. So they, they know that, Hey, Mr. Smith is here. Mr. Smith cares about you. Uh, I didn't think of uh, teachers doing that type of stuff, but they're doing those, those things on their own. Um, fun videos, getting the softball team or, or another team to pass a ball around and stitch that together. So it's as if they're all together on the same field. Um, that, that creates that sense of unity um, and belongingness. I think all of those things are so critically important. Uh, my uh, my high school assistant principal, each and every day, he um, we have something called Dragon Radio, um, and that's the music we play before uh, the first bell rings in the morning at the high school. He has continued that. He took that upon himself to continue that to give kids a sense of normalcy. Um, and I enjoyed listening to it as well. And I even myself has had a chance. The kids have a chance to to uh, submit uh, music requests or song requests. Uh, and I've, I've taken advantage of it myself, but that's <laughs> been a point of pride for us. But, but it, it sounds, it sounds silly, but when you're talking about how do we create a sense of normalcy, how do we engage all of our kids? How do we, how do we continue to underscore that sense of belongingness? These are the things that are even more important than anything else. And uh, I have to give uh, so many members of my staff that, that credit, um, because they are creative thinkers. They think outside the box and they care about these kids and, and, and they'll continue to do it moving forward. So. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank you, Jim. 
No, you did. I knew you had a lot. I saw some of the videos too. So, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, which was one of the reasons I called you. So anyway, um, uh, I'd like to thank you. I uh, uh, hope that you and your family stay healthy. Uh, and I hope that everything, everyone stays healthy in the Kingsway uh, Regional School District. And thank you for joining me. Okay, Jim? Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate it, Ray. Take care now. Okay. Bye now. And I hope everyone enjoyed the, right, uh, this conversation with Jim Lavender. Okay. Bye now. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.